Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of Word of Mouth. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Wolf, joined by your host, Dr. Alex Semaday. Dr. Alex. Hello, hello. So nice to see you again, my man. Likewise, oh, brother. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. We were uh, we were just getting into some interesting, interesting topics of gum disease. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit as you know, um, I just turned 44. Um I think you're, you said you're turning 41. So we're, we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting up there. Uh, so aging helps, right? middle-aged brother. Oh, how time starts to fly so fast. It happened. We, it happened. How? I don't know, but it happened. Uh, I never thought it would come, but, but we are nonetheless. So age, aging and oral health, right? Give us an overview how the aging process affects oral health. All right. So everybody knows as we, as we mature, things change, right? I get things better like a fine si- wine, like a fine wine. I get, we'll I get go with that age. brother. Yeah. In certain aspects. Um, and in <laughs> others, you know, things start to, uh, dip and sag and, and, you know, and that hold up as well. And, you know, there's <laughs> the things happen. So the mouth is really no different, man. And, um, you know, as, as we're getting older, like, things like this start coming into like our radar. So I just wanted to take a couple minutes today and talk about some of the things that that happen with the mouth as we as we age and as we get older and some of the some of the flags that we can be looking out for to uh, prevent issues and catch them as early as possible. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of just you know jump right into it. the um, one of the one of the top things that we see in our demographic, right? Like mid to late thirties and, and, and beyond is we start incorporating a lot of medications into our lives. Uh, Oh, blood pressure's high. Doc put me on a pill. Cholesterol's a little high. Got me on the Crestor. Um, certainly, you know, start, start having the rumblings of the potential diabetes, the pre-diabetes and things like that. And, of course, like we have medications that are important to, to, to control whatever it is that's happening in the body. But have you ever read the side effect list of any medication? It is. It's, it's insanity. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. It's almost it's right? almost never, like it's almost com- like, it's almost comical in a way. The stuff the stuff you read on there, it's so obscene. That you, yeah. after reading it, you're thinking like, why am I taking this again? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. This everything to, to starts with dry mouth I can, and I can ends with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It starts, it starts with dry mouth and ends with <laughs> anal leakage and like everything in between. It's like, holy smoke. I'm just, I need an aspirin. Um, is, is part of that though, just cause they're like, they want to cover all bases. It's like, if you take this medication, like any of these things could happen to you, but they're not likely, but uh, but yeah, it does seem insane. It's like, yeah, taking this medicine to, you know, help some seemingly benign problem can lead to heart failure. Okay. Right. To other issues. Right. <laughs> and the more extreme the potential adverse effect, the more rare. Right. But there are a lot of secondary effects that are super common, like almost for everyone. Okay. And one of the one of the main ones is is dry mouth or what we call xerostomia. Um, zero stomia. Zero stomia is the Never technical the term. term for dry mouth. Interesting. Yeah, zero with an X. X E R O. 
Okay. Stomia. Yeah. I'll take cool your word. word for it. I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, just keep it in the bank and you know throw it out at a dinner party. People are going to be blown away. <laughs> um, so it's super important. Like I always really try to drive home this fact with um, with with my patients is that saliva in your mouth is like it's like motor oil for your car's engine. Without a proper flow and and quality and type of saliva things go downhill very quickly. All right. Um, so I'm going to take a little bit of a step back. Why is saliva so important? The We, we talked a little bit about in, in previous podcasts about bacteria, right? Plaque, germs in the mouth, right? So what plaque and bacteria does is it eats sugar from your diet, whether it's candy or bread, and it poops acid. So it's byproduct of all that bacteria is acid. And it's the acid in our mouth that leads to all the damage. It's the acid that leads to the hole in our teeth that we call cavities. It's the acid that leads to the breakdown of the tissue that we call gum disease. So it we scrape the plaque off to prevent the acid from ever building up. But now saliva buffers that acid. So... Okay, you have the bacteria, you're going to eat some sugar or bread or whatever, they're going to eat that sugar, they're going to make the acid, and eventually you'll get around to scraping it off your teeth. But in the meantime, saliva is buffering that acid to, to prevent it from getting out of control and from doing too much harm. So now what happens if we shut off the flow of saliva in the mouth? Or not even, it doesn't have to be like super like dry, Right just less saliva than you used to have. Now that acid lingers longer and does more damage, right? And it's an insidious process, right? This happens very slowly and you start taking that hypertension medication and you don't even notice that your mouth is dry. Like I'll, I can't tell you the number of times that I'm, I'm talking to a patient during their new patient exam and I'm like, Jeremy, is your mouth, do you feel like your mouth's dry? You know, and they're like, no. Doc feels, I feel normal. And I can, I can tell looking across the room. Not enough, not enough saliva there. Yes. Yeah. Like their mouth is super dry. They're struggling to talk because of how dry their mouth is. And it's not a perceived issue. Now the, the effects in the mouth are happening, right? So it rests upon us, you know, dentists and hygienists of the world. And now all of you that know this to stress about the importance of, of, of saliva in the mouth and medications have take a huge toll on, on, on just that our body's ability to produce saliva. So medications is huge. So basic every, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I didn't mean to cut you off. So, so what do you do? What do you do if you have this constant dry mouth, lack of saliva? I mean, obviously I, I know drinking a lot of water is, is great for you, but what, what, what's the solution to fix this? Yeah. It's, it's tricky, right? Because you're not going to go off the meds that you need in order to control the other things. But doing things in order to minimize the number of meds we need, right? Like if you're on a hypertension medication, okay, like we can exercise, we can control our diet, we can eat less salt, we can lose some weight to hopefully get off the medication so that you're not on this pill for the rest of your life. Because unfortunately, we, we kind of live on a, in, a, in a medical system where 
the folks, the older we get, like we're on cocktails of medications. Like folks are on five, six different kinds of meds and this problem compounds, right? So one medication is bad, two is worse. Three, it's, it's one of those classic, you know, one plus one equals 11, not two. Yeah. As, as far as the damage that it's, that it's doing to our bodies. So, um, you know, making sensible choices, making it healthy decisions for our lives is as difficult as that is, right? But understanding that the repercussions go beyond, oh, I'm taking a pill and I'm good, right? The blood pressure is good now. There's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Like the pills help in something, but it's probably maybe dysregulating something else, right? Yeah, the, the pills so these are, are conversations that... These are conversations that people need to have with their physicians, right? Like how do we maybe try different medications or try lowering the dose of medications? And uh, honestly, having conversations about how do we avoid getting on these meds in the first place? Like, yeah. hey, doc, like, do I absolutely need the pill or can I try and lose, you know, 20 pounds over the next three months and maybe I don't need the medication anymore? So I feel like those are very important conversations that that we need to have, not only for our overall health and longevity and quality of life, but very specifically here for, you know, our oral well-being too. Yeah. I think oftentimes, probably more often than not, these pills act more like a band-aid than a solution to a problem. And because we live in such a fast paced instant gratification society, you know, people don't want to do the, the, the hard work required and the preventative work required and, and, to avoid having to take these. So they go to the doctor and they're, they're looking for a way to fix a problem quickly. And it's like, well, just take this pill. And it almost yeah. masks the underlying condition in many cases that is only addressed through preventative treatment, building the right habits for these things long-term, which again requires- And, and don't, don't get me wrong, man. Like these medications save lives. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not discounting right? it. Like that is not to take anything away from the medications. It's just sometimes we end up like there are other things that we could do to gain the same results that are overall a lot healthier for us. Yeah. It all goes back to education. It all goes back to. So we're here, how, brother. It all goes back to, man, how, how we're raising our kids, the habits we're instilling upon them at an early age. It just becomes yeah. so much more difficult to change your routines and your habits when you, the older you get, obviously. And, you know, yeah. Like I'm, on the north side of 40 now to try to change things that have been ingrained in my brain for decades. It requires mm -hmm. an incredible amount of, of struggle and mental anguish. Very rewarding when you get to the other side and you make breakthroughs, but it's just so much easier. I try to talk to my children about this all the time. It's so funny. I was just not, just did a podcast with somebody and I, yeah, I tell my kids all the time now, I try to impart my, my 44-year-old wisdom and I tell them about all these life lessons I've learned later in life and you know, it just goes in one ear, out the other. They don't listen to me. Why not, right? I'm 44 years old. I've been here a lot longer than you have on the planet. So I was talking to my mother the other day and I told her the story. I said, you know, mom, when I was young, I don't ever remember you sitting down with me and imparting wisdom and telling me life lessons. She's like, Jeremy, I used to talk to you about that all the time no recollection in one year out the other. So it gave me some perspective. So at least I understand where my kids are coming from when they don't listen to me. So I thought that was kind of funny. I, like, yeah. I literally have no uh, recollection of any of those conversations at all. I was in another world as most children are. So <laughs> it is just history repeats itself, man. Like it we, does. you know, but yeah, that's, it's the best we can do, right. Is just try to 
try to and, and not only not only tell them but show them right like I, I feel like kids kids frequently pick up more from what they see than what they hear and uh and uh just kind of um trying to do the best we can right and 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 set the example for them and and hopefully give them a role model that they want to emulate but uh it, it ain't easy man it ain't easy and the older they get the harder it becomes it seems like indeed indeed it does anything else you wanted to share on this topic i'm trying to think um maybe for i guess we just talked about kids for and i know we're talking about aging in you know, we're talking about preventative things, but I guess for folks that are getting elderly now, right. That are <clears throat> yeah. well, be, well beyond where we're at, right. Maybe <clears throat> 70, 80 years of getting older. Like yeah. <clears throat> what are some words of wisdom or advice you can give to somebody that, uh, you know, is toward the end of their journey to make sure that they ma maximize the most of their oral health. So, so definitely at any stage in life, a lot of the, the preventive, you know, uh, at home care things that we've discussed in the past you know, hold true, right? The, the older we get, we start, you know, entering the realm of some dexterity issues, you know, for older folks, it become, it becomes harder to brush and floss, right? Like that, that ability to, to, to do what we need to do in the mouth, it kind of diminishes a little bit. So, you know, electric toothbrushes are great. There are toothbrushes with larger handles for folks that struggle to grasp small objects and kind of make that easier for, you know, the geriatric population, uh, regular checkups, right? More, much more frequent for our older, uh, you know, for our parents and our grandparents than, than, than for us, right? Like, um, older folks that have difficulty maintaining a nice, healthy, clean mouth should be seen by a dentist every three months to make sure that things don't spiral out of control. Um, you know, a couple of, um, two other things that I wanted to kind of just bring out and, and put in people's mind to, to keep in mind for women specifically menopause has a huge impact on on oral health does it really um yeah yeah um uh, menopause that's connected never would have thought right um but think about what menopause is right it, it's a huge hormonal dysregulation in the body and that affects everything right like think about what happens with with women when they when when they're pregnant right? There are things like pregnancy gingivitis, right? Where gums will go out of control simply as a response of the hormones being out of control in the body. Um, so that hormonal imbalance during menopause can also have, you know, pretty significant impacts. If you have gum disease and are entering menopause, it can advance much more quickly during menopause. So make sure to get checked out, make sure to have your dentist or your periodontist do a thorough evaluation and, and monitor you and, and go see them every three months to make sure that things are healthy and that the gums are staying, uh, you know, in a relative state of health. And I'm also going to mention something called cyclical fatigue. All right. And cyclical fatigue is a term used um, by anyone who deals with materials in general. Right. Think of the coat hanger effect. And if you take a coat hanger and you bend the wire, the coat hanger will bend. If you bring it back, it'll bend, but do that 50 or 60 times. And eventually what happens? It breaks. It won't, yeah. It won't, it won't. Yeah. It'll break. Yeah. The metal itself will just snap and it'll break in two. 
So that is a result of that cyclical fatigue, right? We're bending and bending and bending and bending and bending and ultimately the material fails. The same sort of thing happens in the mouth and it happens with our teeth, right? The more reps we have of chewing and clenching and grinding and talking and brushing and all of those things, the more the materials that our teeth are made out of break down and wear. It happens to crowns and bridges. It happens to fillings, right? And it especially happens. I don't know. I feel like any of us that are 35 plus, if we ever had fillings as kids, we have the big silver fillings in the back that look like massive cavities. You know, you know, you know, I don't have those anymore because of my lovely experience that I shared with you uh, where I. We won't get into that now. But you were, you were, I got them, you were I got proactively them all replaced. replacing those. Got them all replaced uh, with the with the clear fillings, <laughs> which is which is great. Yeah, but any filling in the mouth isn't as good as you know the the original manufacturer product, <laughs> right? So when you have a big filling in the mouth, that means that you have less tooth structure available on that tooth, right? The more filling, the less tooth. And eventually, if you have a really big filling, you basically have like a little shell of tooth holding that filling in place. Yeah. Right? So now when you chew and grind and and talk and do all of the things that we do with our teeth, now there's less tooth structure holding that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So we enter into that cyclical fatigue a lot quicker. So we think, we see things like, Uh, like stress fractures, like cracks, broken teeth. I can't tell you the the number of like failed silver fillings in the back that are cracked teeth that we end up having to remove and, and place an implant because the tooth fails over time, right? And it's not that the dentist did anything wrong, that the procedure was done beautifully, but materials fail ultimately, right? And the more stress we put on those things, the less the less ideal the circumstances are to begin with and the more stress we put on it, the higher the likelihood of failure becomes, right? So large fillings, um, crowns, the more dental work we have, unfortunately, the higher the, 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 the likelihood is that something is going to break down, especially if we're not treating and caring for it properly and getting it checked out and hopefully catching those cracks or stress fractures or breaks when they're tiny and they're repairable versus now this becomes a very unfortunate conversation, Mr. Wolf, like there's nothing we can do to save these teeth. Let's talk about what the transition looks like. Yeah. And I think everything goes back to can hammer this home enough preventative care and brushing, flossing, just making sure you <laughs> making sure you don't do what I do sometimes and, and put off going to the dentist for checkups and, and, and get those routine checkups and just do the things that are required to prevent these problems from happening in the future in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And a hundred percent not coming from a holier than thou position here. No ivory tower. I'm way overdue for my checkup. So, but you know, it's it's important for us to know what what the consequences are. Well, hey, I I know a good dentist, so you're in good hands. Yeah, let, give me his number. I'll give him a call. <laughs> All right, man. Always a pleasure, Jeremy. It's great, man. 
All right. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you all on the next episode of Word of Mouth. Everyone have a take. Everyone have a great day and take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Word of Mouth. Remember, a healthy smile is a reflection of your well-being. Until next time, keep smiling and caring for your dental health. We'll be back soon with more dental.